In today's podcast, your questions of what to do with your musical skill might be answered. I'm your host, Sylvia, and welcome to the Music Secrets Exposed podcast. Today, I have a fantastic lady on the interview today. Her name is Kara Smith. She is a fantastic singer, and she's also, more interestingly, a music therapist. Now, before this interview took place, I had a great conversation with her, discovering what she does, how she does it. And I find that this information isn't widely known about that musical skill can be taken into this field of work and used successfully. Now, my first awareness of music therapy came through an ABC documentary in Australia. And just to give you a bit of a backstory before we get into the interview, looking at this documentary was really a huge realization for myself because I had family members suffering from this Alzheimer dementia problem in the family. But what these researchers did was they found from their loved ones what pieces of music these people loved when they were younger and in better health, and then brought that music into the care home. And it was amazing how it triggered people suffering severely from Alzheimer's and dementia, how it triggered their memory, how it triggered memory of events, names of people, names of singers. They could even remember the lyrics of the songs that they so loved dancing to in years gone by. Now, Cara, this is so exciting. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time out. Gosh, thank you so much for having me. This is so interesting. Yeah, it's a fascinating subject. And I know where I'm from, this knowledge of taking uh, such a skill into this realm of work is in my world anyway, is not known about. So I'm only too delighted to bring this to the fore, really. I think it's amazing. So um, could you just give us some history about yourself? How did you start into music? What was your chosen instrument? How did you become a singer? Do you play an instrument? Yes. Uh, sure, sure. So I'll, I'll start at the very beginning. Uh, um, I must say, um, I, I didn't quite find music. Music more found me. Uh, I didn't grow up in a musical family at all. Uh, but uh, I was, I suppose, I was always inwardly musical. I was always singing to myself. And I was always sort of, uh, as an introverted child, I was always sort of engaging with my own inner world, these little universes inside my imagination. And I suppose those universes were musical. So my mother overheard me singing to myself as a young girl, and she signed me up for voice lessons. And I was probably seven years old at the time, and I never stopped singing since. Uh, I eventually went on to study music uh, at Berklee College of Music in Boston. And that's where I discovered music therapy. And uh, as much as I've always loved singing and uh, and performing, I think what it what it was about music that truly uh, captured me was two things: the storytelling aspect and the human connection aspect. Mm-hmm. And so through the the human connection, uh, through that uh, engagement in music. That's where I came upon 
music therapy. That's where I discovered music therapy. And I knew that was what I was meant to do. And uh, that's the beginning of it. <laughs> right. And was there any particular single situation where you saw music impacting people on a community level very significantly that really, you know, got you to change your approach or your perspective about all this? Uh, there were many, many experiences throughout my life. Uh, one of them was uh, I sang in a choir for most of my young life. It was called the Young People's Chorus of New York City. And the, the model of this chorus is it takes uh, children from New York City, from all walks of life, uh, and uh, puts this incredibly diverse mix of, of human beings into one place and we all create incredible music together and i've seen the impact it had on me personally and then the impact it had on a lot of the other members where it changed everyone's lives and it uh it was offering these very powerful services to the community uh it taught us to be in tune with ourselves, with our emotions. It taught us to carry ourselves well with professionalism. And 100% and of members of this choir, they go to college. That's their claim to fame. Uh, so they, get re they really get people on track. They get young people on track to a good, a good life and, and, uh, and good prospects. Uh, so that was one of my experiences, but I, I've also experienced um, the incredible effect that music has on uh, people with, with uh, disabilities, particularly those on, uh, with, with autism and those on the autism spectrum. I've seen how music creates a channel for communication when communication is not there, or at least typical communication isn't there. I have also seen how uh, in the elderly, those with uh, dementia or, or an Alzheimer's diagnosis, they remember music. Uh, it bypasses whatever pathology may be blocking uh, the systems in their brain and they're able to remember and they become lucid and they feel good. And that's the most important thing is that um, in, in all of these situations, music brings about good feelings and positivity. And, and it's, uh, you know, and I, and I could go on and on and on about what the, what music does, you know, for the, the nervous system and our, our heart rate and our respiration and, uh, music just has these incredible physiological and emotional effects, but it also has very profound social uh, and spiritual effects as well. And mm -hmm. I've experienced that throughout my whole journey being a musician. And so that's what led me to become a music therapist. That's amazing. Um, recently, I was just looking at some old content that I had on my computer that I had received from a friend a number of years back, and it was relation, relating to uh, the scale of consciousness. You know, David R. Hawkins' work. Have you come across that, the scale of consciousness? I don't know if I if I am familiar yeah, with that so author's work. It's really interesting. And the scale of consciousness is a measurement of, I suppose, what some... Now, I'm going to use very simple language because this is not my profession. But in my own understanding, the way I understand it is it's like a scale of vibration. And the higher you're on that scale, you are at a very good, positive 
level in your mental state and the lower you're on this scale well you're going to be unfortunately in the realm of depression anxiety all of that and there was some researchers surrounding all of this that looked at different films and looked at different pieces of music and discovered that like for example a horror film will take you down into this very negative state of course it would and then you go into some most beautiful I don't know, some beautiful concert somewhere or you go into a sensory garden or you listen to some, you know, band in this most beautiful, sunny positioning in a park some afternoon and your vibration is way up and your mental state is way higher. I found that amazing, particularly the information concerning what films were here. And there was some films that I on the list that I was amazed took you down so low as opposed to those who took that took those of a high, um, really interesting information. And that ABC documentary really impacted me deeply when I saw having personal experience with um, dementia in particular. Um, it was really impactful how music goes in like the back door of the brain to get in. I think that's an amazing feat. Yeah, there's, beyond, there is. It must yeah. go beyond this whole idea of language. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It must absolutely. Yeah, there's there's no question that music itself, the music in itself is a powerful tool. And what a music therapist does is, you know, we utilize music in all of its possibilities. And we work one on one with someone or with a group of people. And uh, we are trained to uh, hold space with these, with these individuals and with these, these groups and in using music and, and all that music can do, uh, we are also, uh, watching very closely and assessing and analyzing what is happening in the moment. Uh, what will help us attain, um, a short-term goal, a long-term goal, what needs to change, uh, what, uh, what do we need to do? What, what does the person need, uh, that will, what I always say, leave them better the way I found them. <laughs> that's, uh, that I think that's any, any therapist's goal in a, in, in a session, in a clinical space. Uh, so that is a part of, of what I do. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. So if um, a musician wants to enter this world of music therapy, what is the route into it? How does one go for that goal? What do they have to do to go into that realm of Absolutely. Work? Well, the good news is, is that a musician is already halfway there. <laughs> there's you know, the music component, and then there's also the academic component, which is quite important. So I will speak to the American uh, systems, um, but it's going to be different all over the world. The music therapy, uh, the music therapy bodies of knowledge and of regulation will be different uh, around the world. But uh, according to the American system, um, the music therapy field is guided by the American Music Therapy Association. And uh, if you want to learn more about this uh, association, you just go to musictherapy.org. 
so in order to be a music therapist, you have to complete a music therapy degree, either in the undergraduate level or the graduate level. Now, if you are already a musician and you have music experience and music credits, all you'll need are your psychology classes, your clinical assessment classes. Uh, maybe there, again, every school is different, but you'll take a bit of child life uh, specialty uh, classes. And, uh, and that's the component that you'll need. And if you're starting from the very beginning, sort of like what I did when I first started music school, I was learning how to be a musician at the same time as how to be a music therapist. So I started from scratch and I was taking guitar classes, uh, keyboard classes, basic sight reading. I was taking voice lessons um, along with my, my music therapy clinical classes. And when you complete your courses, there is a, a six month internship requirement where you get placed at a, uh, an approved site, a clinical site. And there you, uh, you, you give music therapy a go <laughs> and you, uh, work in a clinical space, uh, with clients, with patients, uh, for six months. And then you have to take a, a board examination, which I would say is the most challenging part out of it all. Uh, I would imagine sit down and you take this test. <laughs> and then if you pass the test, uh, you become what's called a board certified music therapist. You're, you get your MTBC uh, licensure. So that's, that's the journey. Yeah, very, it's, it's quite a, a, a task, but I'm sure very satisfying once you get to the end of it to see the change you can create in people's lives. That's, Absolutely. The, why. That's the big goal, isn't it? The big why of doing Absolutely. that task. Yeah. I just yes. want to go back to an earlier story you mentioned earlier about the choir that you were a member of in New York. You said one phrase, you said that people held themselves with more professionalism as a, you know, because they were in this choir, they were from everywhere in New York. Would you say that music has the capacity to show uh, young people how to really carry themselves through life in a very unique way? I would say absolutely. And it may not necessarily be music itself, but it's the entire context of engaging in music with your community or with your peers. Uh, so I would say that music is the one that opens the door. Music creates this, this opportunity, this engagement where, yeah, you can discover amazing things about yourself. Yeah, I, I can attest to that, actually. I can really attest it. You know, you think you're, you're studying this like one subject and it's, it's an isolated subject. But actually, the more that you study, in my case, it was like music history and, you know, classical composers and all of that. You, your whole world then starts to kind of connect in different ways. Like there's different power of associations going on and you're learning something here, but it associates with something in society somewhere else. And that's yes. what I found through the whole study, that it tied a lot of periods of history together. It answered a lot of questions of like, what's happening in society now? Why is it happening? And then you look back at your history of your knowledge and it kind of, a lot of it comes into play, socially speaking. Very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So have you seen music lift people um, from 
challenging environments and bring them on into a new form of life? Absolutely, every day. And sometimes in just the smallest ways, and sometimes very small ways. And uh, in that, though, they are just as important and and just as valid. And, you know, another thing is I've also seen music bring people into not so high places, not such great places. Music can also cause harm sometimes, especially when you're working with survivors of trauma or if you're doing trauma-informed work. Um, We are so, music is just so tightly tethered to our life stories. The good times and the bad times. And if you play a song that uh, brings back a, a not so pleasant experience, you have to, you know, you have to address how powerful music is in those moments as well. And so here's where I, I would like to talk a bit about, you know, maybe the difference between a clinical certified music therapist and perhaps a, a non-certified therapeutic musician where a and I do, I must say, a, a non-certified musician who is using their music and their gifts for therapeutic purposes, their work is very powerful. And I would say just as powerful as a music therapist's work. And uh, I personally, I interact with a lot of community musicians who are giving services with therapeutic goals. And a lot of times they know more things than I do. But one slight difference is when you're working with vulnerable people, you need to have the right kind of training to help in situations where the music might cause more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Or when you have that clinical training, that, that training in, in psychology mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and therapeutic processes, you know what to do in the moment. You know how to quickly adapt, quickly change. You know what to look for. Uh, and I would say community musicians who just haven't had that level of training yet, they might not see uh, something like that, or they might just, they might miss it. So I, a part of my work uh, currently is about uh, in kind of uh, studying and encouraging the collaboration between music therapists and community musicians. If, if these two entities collaborated more, uh, gosh, the world would be a better place. <laughs> you would have, um, everyone would have more access to therapeutic music in the way that is most impactful to them. So that is a huge uh, aspect of my work right now. It was part of what my master's thesis was. Uh, so I do, I did want to take a moment and and touch on oh, that yeah. as well. I'm delighted, you, I'm delighted you said that because I'm aware that the subconscious mind and the and there's triggers in very delicate situations that if not handled very very carefully and with a knowledgeable hand, if you will it can be very problematic for that same person. Certainly. Even though you have, I've seen it myself, I have met people out in the world and they really have the intentions, they have the goal of really wanting to serve others, but unfortunately their knowledge isn't there to do that task, probably not the most effectively, to be honest. Hoping that this podcast will get 
musicians listening to this podcast thinking about music maybe in a more uh i suppose a more structured way of what they can do with their skill and that it can be used Absolutely. for the good of all and give back to society because society needs more of this it needs a lot more of this because we're in challenging days <laughs> we do yeah yeah yes we certainly are the world needs more music therapists mm -hmm. and i like what you said about it is sort of a more structured way of practicing music but those who study music therapy need not box themselves in there are many branches of the practice and you can kind of curate your own approach and you can work with whoever you want you can stretch and bend the rules a little bit and uh, I think that was kind of part of my journey is I might have bent some rules I might have not gone the conventional route uh, and music therapy can offer that to you so I I also feel those who might be interested should know that as well Yes, it's like there's there's so many styles of music. The world is endless when it comes to music, to be honest. There are tons oh, of, of styles. And couldn't have said it better myself, yes. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Have you had an opportunity to work with Native peoples at any point in your musical journey? I think you're in South you Africa know, I, at the moment. I am, yes. I'm yeah. in Cape Town, South Africa. You know, I haven't had an opportunity to... Um, engage with uh, the, the the native, the most native tribe here. They're called the Khoisan. Uh, I haven't had a chance to be in the in those indigenous spaces, but I have engaged with young people and adults, actually all ages, where they bring their history into the music therapy sessions. They bring their cultural uh, ethnography. They bring um, the music traditions of their grandparents and their ancestors so they bring those indigenous practices uh into our modern moment in that time so i have engaged with music in that way and i think it is just as amazing and powerful and and impactful uh i think the the music of our history of of the history of, of our ancestors the music of our ancestors is healing and we should really engage more with it. And, uh, and it is a healing tool. So that is something I really like to engage with in, in the therapy sessions. Yeah, I would imagine, I, I don't know, I'm guessing here, but I would imagine that when you look at uh, traditional forms of music, I'm just thinking in my mind's eye now of, if I go down to Peru, for example, there are certain forms of music in Peru that I find amazing. Likewise with the Native American Indian, they're the ones I'm most familiar with, that they just naturally have a connection of healing built into their sound almost. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm just thinking that I, I presume that there's probably some study, some connection going on music therapy with potentially indigenous styles of music as a healing tool, perhaps in some cases. Uh, well, you know, you'll be surprised that it is actually an understudied of thing it's a it's a topic that's not studied quite enough uh but here in south africa more and more you know the music therapists that are trained here are doing more and more research and engaging more deeply with uh with the work of sangomas for example the traditional healers of of this region of the world and uh an, a huge aspect of 
the music therapy field here is how to integrate these practices, how to uh, share space and share practices, share knowledge with the accredited music therapists and the traditional healers and the community musicians as well. There's room for everyone. Uh, so that's one of my favorite things about this. But as far as published research, I think it's still, uh, there's still not enough. It's a very limited amount of research and I hope that changes soon. Well, my goodness, that that just right there is, a, is like, what would I say, a ton load of opportunity just right there, it sounds like. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. How exciting. So it looks to be like a field that has a huge amount of growth yet to go. Yes. It's so small. It is a small field yeah. and the possibilities are, are endless. So you run a nonprofit, Cara. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, it is a, a nonprofit organization called Umoja Global Community Music Therapy. And what we do is we connect um, therapeutic local musicians with, with different areas of need where their music practices will, will help the community and, and make a huge difference. Uh, so we uh, network and we help these individuals uh, go and do what they do best. Uh, so we have uh, a few projects in Kenya and Uganda at the moment uh, where uh, these very, very talented individuals who uh, use music therapeutically, instinctively and in a, a culturally, culturally apt way. And they just, they do amazing work. And so we work with them and and help uh help make connections for them so carrie you're fundraising at the moment for a particular project can you tell us more about this yes so we are collaborating with uh, another nonprofit in kenya and it's called the leo project the leo project helps uh in in a rural area there's a network of schools where the students of these schools, they do not have access to a lot of extracurricular um, life enhancing services, for example, the creative arts or other skills. And a music therapist that we work with uh, has been visiting this region. It's called Nanyuki, the region of Nanyuki. Our music therapist CJ, he goes and uh, works with the children. And for a day, once a month, he will go and he'll do music therapy sessions with the kids. And it's been so impactful and so amazing. And it, it costs about 350 US dollars uh, one day a month for him to do this. And uh, right now we are campaigning for anyone who might be interested in funding one of his trips, or if you might be interested in funding for a whole year of services, something like that. But it's only $350 for CJs to go and do this really impactful, uh, really impactful service each month. And where can people go and find out about this project? Is there a location online where they can read about it? Yes, all of it is uh, right now mostly on our Instagram. You can learn more about this campaign on our Instagram and also uh, on Leo Projects uh, Instagram and on our website, umojaglobal.org. 
uh, we can accept donations that way and you can learn more about this particular campaign there. Perfect. Well, I'll put all the links in the podcast description here for people to click onto. And it's it's oh, great to see such work being done. Fantastic. Well, listen, Cara, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and I hope that it's illuminated some minds and we'd love to have you back again so. in the future. So thank you so much. It's such a joy to talk about this with you. Thank you so much. No problem. My pleasure. My pleasure. To find out more about Cara's work, visit her website and social media profiles linked below in the podcast description. Have a great day and talk to you soon.